eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. Thanks again to Daryl Ryder from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland for joining us. All right, Logan, when you look at the Browns on tape, you see an offense that has gone through some different versions, uh, as you would expect with a quarterback change towards the tail end of this season, but overall has a consistent identity. Uh, what, what What is that identity and, and how do you think it plays out against this commander's defense? Yeah, I mean they're they're early on in the season, man. They just they wanted to run the football. They wanted to run the football downhill. You know, Bill Callahan is the offensive line coach there, so kind of like what you'd expect. Oh, Bill Callahan, duo bounce, kind of supplemented with outside zone, right? They're pretty good. The offensive line is talented. They're maybe not the most physically gifted group in the world, but they're really well coached. They do what they're supposed to do, and they get hats on hats and. Um, you know, they did a lot of stuff with Chubb from like the dot. So like deep seven yards deep behind the quarterback, quarterback under center. And if you want to run the football in the NFL, like that is, to my mind, the most effective way to do it. It just helps the back out, helps the line out. It does a lot of stuff for you in terms of timing. Um, and then kind of in the last four weeks since Watson really became the quarterback, they've shifted a little bit. So, you know, they, you know, Callahan classic, like bring an extra lineman. You got an lineman playing fullback, you got an lineman playing tight end. Um, and all that stuff is kind of phased out, surprisingly. And their rushing efficiency has also been less efficient, right? They're not quite as good. And I think, and I can't really think of a good reason for it, you know, other than Watson probably is more dynamic in the gun. Um, they do use a little bit of quarterback run stuff with him that is like, you know, like kind of that, um, the, the play that Philly runs where they, they read the backside end, they pull the backside guard and center, and they kind of use that to get hats the plus side of the run. They do that, but you can tell they're not like super comfortable with it. It's it's a little bit messy and muddy and kind of like how Washington tried to throw that in against the New York Giants and it just wasn't as sharp as Philly because Philly right. was majored in it. It's the same right. type of thing. So I, I really think that they need to kind of go back to the drawing board. If I was if I was the coach there, Stefanski, and I'd say, we need to keep this stuff that we're really good at. The, these downhill runs, these bigger personnel groupings, we can get to our play action stuff off of that because really that's what they want to do. They want to run the football and then set up these huge chunk play action plays. And I think as their running deficient, as their running efficiency has come back, right, has become less efficient, they've gotten to less play action shots because they're in more like second and eight third and eight, you know, second and nine. And usually coordinators kind of have a thought process that is like, 
this isn't a good play action down. And you kind of see that unfolding. And so you're demanding a much higher level of efficiency from your drop back passing game. And Watson, to his credit, over the last four weeks has gotten better in that department. And and I think they're it's almost like they're getting ready to shift the offense to be like fully Watson-centric as to being full, fully Nick Chubb-centric, if that makes sense. So yeah. it, it's, it's this weird kind of transition that they're in. But I do think, to my eye, you can still do both. Still emphasize what Chubb does well. Just have Watson kind of adapt on these early downs to the more play action, kind of different run looks, being under center. Um, but for whatever reason, they, they haven't done that. So that's been uh, a little surprising to me. Yeah, um, that's definitely interesting because they have built that team in the like, let's run, go crazy right, mold right. over the past couple of years. Because um, not only do they have Chubb, but they have Kareem Hunt, um, who, you know, t- before they ever considered Watson, like, same thing. Like, that guy was available because of off the field stuff. And they're like, let's bring him in because it'll be worth it. And we're going to build the team around these two backs. And, you know, Hunt surged his suspension and, and then uh, ultimately came back. And they had some years with Baker Mayfield at quarterback where they were pretty effective um, offensively. Uh, but ultimately, same thing. Couldn't make the playoffs. Couldn't crack through, and and that's why they decided to move on from Bayfield, Mayfield and and in their minds, upgrade at quarterback um, with the investment they made trading for and then signing Watson to this massive extension. So you do have to kind of wonder. Maybe they got tired of that in some way, where they're like, "No, this isn't going to work. We want to be more modern NFL. We want to be more pass centric." But the thing is, Logan, like they don't necessarily have the horses on the outside. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Amari Cooper fan. Um, I, we talked about that in the off season. Like I thought that was a mistake for Dallas to like be so, uh, haphazard almost and letting or so, so enthusiastic yeah. about letting him go. Um, obviously it's worked out all right for them, but there have been times this year where they've missed him for sure. Um, but he's like a high end two, probably low end one. And I don't think that anybody like, or maybe even like he's a fine one. Um, I mean, he's super one. talented. I think the problem is they don't have like a true. But they, they don't have the compliments like, yeah. to him. Is that, I guess, more what yeah, I was yeah. going to get to. And that's yeah. that's probably the better point is like they don't have like Donovan Peoples-Jones is is not scaring you. Um, like he's yeah. fine. He's, um, he's but, a good player. But. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like that's not that that is not a scary receiving duo. And when, mm-hmm. you know, if you like look at some of the how they're trying to now seemingly shift, like they would want Washington's skill group. Yes. Um, and, yes. and that's the that's the the hard part is like when you're a team in transition which obviously for them these last two games like what do they care they can just get some extra reps for the future basically it's it's glorified scrimmages um because it doesn't it doesn't matter for them in terms of playoffs um it it's it's gonna be interesting to watch how they they do it because they again like they can do that like if they want to say, "Hey, our future is with Watson at quarterback, and we're we're bringing Stefanski back, and we want to start building towards next year," who cares whether they, they would be better off running the ball? Like, there's a wild card element to them yeah. this week that Washington is is actually the exact opposite. Where if Washington was in that scenario, like Sam Howell's starting at quarterback, instead they're <laughs> like, "Oh my God, Wentz or Heineke, Wentz or Heineke, Wentz or Heineke," and how do we play it? And what's the exact right whatever? There is no margin for error because they they've kind of got to win these two games to get in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point with our uh, Cooper in the sense that like he is. I read somewhere it's like sixty four percent of their offensive passing game goes through Cooper. And he wow. has done a good job with that, right? But that is a really high percentage for a player that isn't Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, like that caliber of receiver. So 
Uh, obviously, that's the way they want to go. They have a nice complimentary piece in David Njoku, who I like a lot, but to me seems very inconsistent in terms of how he's catching the football and his down-to-down effort. Obviously, very, very physically gifted. But again, like those are kind of the two pieces in the pass game that show up relatively consistently. But again, Njoku, I think the thing that's keeping him from being in kind of that top five conversation is his down-to-down consistency, right? He'll drop a pass. He'll run a bad route. You're like, come on, man. Like this, this play is geared for you to make this play. So right. I think that's the thing. Um, and then kind of to your point about them transitioning the offense, you know, even though they don't have the tools, the crazy thing is, is like when you watch the Saints game, obviously it's not perfect by Deshaun Watson, but you are, I mean, golly, he made some incredible throws in that game that were just flat out dropped by the receivers. And obviously it's cold, it's negative 15 degrees, like that kind of stuff happens. But if you look at his adjusted complete adjusted completion percentage for that game, so he threw, I think it was like 49% completion percentage. So if you just say the drops will be catches and they're like, they, you know, the way they do it is like, if it hits the hands, basically, mm-hmm. um, it goes to 75% completion percentage. So they were wow. very close in that game to just like the dam breaking and scoring a ton of points. And that is the thing that I think makes me the most nervous about this game is because you were starting to see in that game, stack that with the Baltimore game, there's elements of this in the Bengals game, you're starting to see something that I didn't think we'd see till next year, which is 2020 Deshaun Watson. And if, like like Daryl was alluding to, if the weather's nice and he comes out and the receiver's hands are warm and everybody's feeling good, like this could be a a long day for this defense, even though they don't have a lot of weapons. So what I, what I, what I mean by that, so for example, in the Saints game, like there's a play where they get a pressure, they're in the red zone, and he rolls out to his left, he makes the defender miss, and he delivers a ball to the corner of the end zone, like with a margin of error of probably like six inches, right into Donovan Peoples-Jones' hands, and he drops it. And like there's a there's a defender there. I mean, it was it's one of the it's crazy to watch him because if you watch his good throws, like they're better than they are on par with like the Mahomes and Allen in terms of tight window evading yeah. pressure elevating the offensive line and a lot of times they're dropped and so to me it's like let's say the conditions are right and they hit on those like you can't defend those plays like as much as you want to say like stop the run limit them from their play action passing game which i think is the right approach that's the right game plan if he starts playing like this then you don't have a solution because he you are playing against you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. You're playing against Josh Allen. And like that sounds crazy to say, but in 2020, when he took his hiatus, right, for all of the reasons like everyone's aware of, he was the third best graded quarterback in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, who went, goes on to win the Super Bowl that year. Like that's the kind of conversation you're in with that talent. And so if he figures it out this week, shoot, man, like it's going to be tough. And especially yeah. given how banged up the secondary's been. Right. So that was going to be my next thing. Cam Curl, uh, as, as folks know by now, who've been listening for a while, if you're new, welcome. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, but we record this on Thursdays, um, and we typically record as we are now on Thursday morning. So we don't have a practice report for Thursday, nevertheless, Friday and game statuses as we do this preview, the one flaw of our recording time. But Cam Curl, limited Wednesday. Um, Chase Young was out with an illness, but he should be fine uh, by the weekend. Uh, but if they don't have curl and by the way, St. Just is still very clearly not right. Like right. he could not run. He could not open it up on Sunday or on Saturday against the 49ers. Like how much trouble is this defense in, um, 
and, and I, you know, before I'd say that and, and people are like, oh, you're so negative. Like I, they still were pretty good on Saturday. Like they, obviously the Ray Ray McLeod touchdown, that's, that's not great. We did a, an enhanced film breakdown of that where we took some of our analysis and put some film clips over it. If you want to watch it, youtube.com slash at Craig Hoffman for that one. And, but there's like a key missed holding call on that play. Okay. Yep. So you give up one big play that you're inches away and in a missed call, the kind of missed call that happens down and down out, no conspiracy right. theory stuff, but like you're, you're that close to not giving up that play and it's a game plan run and a Kyle Shanahan game plan run. Okay, fine. Uh, you give up a ton of points in the second half. Okay. Well, half of them are, or most of them are on field goals where the drive started in field goal position because your offense turned the ball over. So like the defense, even with the problems that they had, Facing George Kittle, who's about the worst guy you could have faced without Cam Curl, right. still played okay on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're definitely vulnerable um, if Curl and St. Juice are not right. And there's definitely a chance that those guys certainly won't be 100%, but that even that one or, or both of them is not available on Sunday. Well, I think that's the thing that's that's scary, that's scary about this, this hypothetical situation. Obviously, Watson showed in in the Saints game and like I said the the Baltimore game kind of this elite playmaking ability that has been kind of if you watched the Houston game you thought man he's terrible he shouldn't be playing football in the NFL right he, like maybe the worst performance I've seen this year from a starting quarterback and then for him to slowly start turning it around you kind of say well if he keeps progressing and each week getting better then this week he will get better and if he does get better he's now grading as a top quarterback in the NFL like this is a hypothetical. You're asking for a lot of right. assumptions, things to fall through. Right. But even if he is playing that way, and Cam Curl is healthy, and Benjamin St. Just is healthy, that is a tough person to game plan for. That type mm. of player. So that's why it's concerning. Like you watch Brock Purdy with a beautifully schemed offense, kind of I don't want to say dice you, but find big plays. Deshaun right. Watson, they and Stefanski, they will find those same kind of drop, uh, those same play action pass, passing big plays like that's what their offense is it's very similar to that but then you have to kind of add in the variable of Deshaun Watson making those special plays and I think that's the thing how do you confound that because if he's doing that at a high level like there was a play against uh against Baltimore where it's a screen pass they tackle the running back Baltimore does he breaks the defensive ends tackle runs to his right there's a receiver who's blocking who does who thinks it's for the screen Turns around, sees he's got the ball. The DB runs up to tackle him, throws it over his head for a 25-yard game. Like, that is undefensible, indefensible. So that's the thing that's confounding about this whole thing is, is if he is continuing to progress and you're not at 100% in the back end, like, it's going to be tough regardless. So that's why it's like when Daryl brings that up, like, you are, it, it's not like a one-to-one -one correlation, but there is this kind of looming question. If he does, if he hits... So if he hits on the incomplete passes that he had against the Saints, like he's throwing for 350 yards, like that's how close they are to being very good offensively. And that's the thing that kind of is unnerving to me. How can they get him like out of rhythm then, right? Like yeah. you, you don't want to just let him then continue to get that trajectory. As you yeah. said, like if he's, if he's that good, like there's only so much you can do, but you know, and he hasn't, and he hasn't hit it yet. He hasn't hit it yet, but that seems right. to be where he's right. right. But you know, is, is you go back, you watch the tape, probably some, some of his old stuff. You're watching, obviously yeah. the, the, the four games he's played this year. And you know, is this a guy that can be bothered by pressure? Is there certain coverages? Like what, what is the plan for them? Cause I mean, the other part of this though, is that Nick Chubb is capable of going nuts yes. on any given week. So, um, like you said, the, the, 
the basis of the game plan is stop the run, be ready for the play action stuff. Right. But is is there any other like twist turn that you think Jack might throw in there this week based off what he's done or he's had a pretty good year as a defensive play caller? Yeah, and I think, you know, Zach, Jack deserves a ton of credit, you know, especially after the slow start because I think they did a really nice job of – he does a really nice job of – and we've talked about this – of calling plays that kind of – are just enough of a difference that it kind of confounds the quarterback a little bit. And so he's done a good job of that, but he's done a good job of that with Cam Curl in the lineup, with Benjamin St. Juice in the lineup. When those guys are not in the lineup, he has been more conservative. And when you talk to defensive guys in the building, they understand their limitations without those guys. So they tend to say, okay, we want to run our cover three zone match, but we can't match it the same way because we don't have the same coverage players, right? So mm. what do we do now? We play regular cover three, which is a much softer coverage. We play regular quarters, which is, again, way softer. So you kind of say to yourself, like, he, with with the absence of those two players, that those little nuanced game plan things that he throws in that no one would notice, right? They're very subtle, but they're subtle enough that they that you can't predict them. And when they call them, they hit big. Can he do that with this with the secondary the way it is? Is my question right? Right. And I don't know if you can. So um, obviously the offensive line we talked about is very good for them. I do think I think the the one thing that kind of gives you solace right is like you said they don't have a dynamic skill position group. It's not like the San Francisco 49ers. They have good players like Cooper is outstanding. We talked about Njoku, his limitations. Peoples Jones maybe a good two three type player, but they don't have like. It's not an elite. They don't, they don't have Terry, yeah. Jahan, and Curtis. Right. So to me, what I say is you stop the run because not, not that it affects Watson, but it affects Stefanski. So stop the run. Get him out of what he wants to do because I don't think he's great at calling a drop back passing game. Like I, I think he's, he's a good coordinator. Like I like what he does. But if you stop the run, like if you look at the last two games that they've lost, they've averaged under three yards a carry because basically the teams are like, you are not going to run the football and it just gets them out of sequence. And they're, and I think Daryl hit this on hit that on this with the defense is they're not good enough, well coached enough to go down the field and just keep making plays without that big chunk play. Like they can move the ball well, but then they'll have a holding penalty. They'll have a false start. They'll have a misalignment. Like they, they, they just bog themselves down. The long they do bad football team stuff. That's right. That's exactly right. So as much as you want to say, oh, Watson's like he might be playing better. Oh, they've got all these skill position players. They they can't go on like a 15 play drive. Like they haven't shown that in the last four games to me anyway. Mm-hmm. So I would say, how do you do that? You get them off rhythm by stopping the run, right? Because this team, this defense. Yeah. Sounds like sounds like we'll see some Cinco package. Yeah, Cinco, get big Ridgeway in there. Say, let's muck this up. Like get chasing there and set those edges and say, our five versus your five. I think our five are better. Jamin Mayo, all those guys. Let's let, let's let's let them hunt. Get them into, you know, second and long, third and long situations, and say you cannot go the length of the field under this premise. And I and I think that's probably true. And so, yeah. as much as it is, you know, Deshaun's playing better and he's making some of these crazy plays. Like, good luck doing that down in and down out. When you there's other variables, the holdings, the false starts, all that stuff. And if Chase is going to play at the level he played uh, once he kind of got comfortable last week, yeah. like. You know, can can he make that sack fumble or can he get around the edge? And like they, they haven't had uh, a lot of sacks. And they had the one last week with Payne, but like they're kind of due for a yeah. game like that. And uh, can't think of a better time for this very uh, talented, uh, lauded, 
uh, highly invested in front <laughs> to have a day uh, than the game you need to win uh, to, to keep your playoff hopes uh, in your own control going into the final week of the season. Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought up Chase because one of the things, like I went back and watched Chase again, and one of the things that really stuck out to me is just how confident he was in his rush angle. Remember how we talked about how there was a little bit of lack of discipline mm-hmm. before? And yeah. just how he was trusting his line and how he's kind of getting back to the guy that he was at Ohio State and just from a discipline standpoint. So that, to me, I know it's one game, obviously. But yeah, that's it's one game, but please, super, Chase, yeah, keep doing that. Keep doing that, man, because he's he's t- like – you know, Trent Williams, best best offensive lineman in football, and he yeah. had two pressures against him uh, yeah. off of no, like no game time. Yeah, just one on one. Yeah, so that's um, so that's pretty exciting. So yeah, I do think that that is uh, that that should be an advantage for um, for Washington because while the Cleveland offensive line is pretty good, they're not the best in pass protection. Like they're just they're they're good. They're very good. I don't want to like diminish that group at all. But I like I like our group rushing the passer against those guys. Yeah, um, which goes back to the run the football or stopping the run type stuff. You get them in those second and nine type of situations. All of a sudden, they've got to drop back. Now Chase and Montez and Duran and John can can eat a little bit. Like it all plays into each other. Uh, and and obviously that you know no one no one goes into a game being like eh just give up seven yards to carry. It'll be fine. Um, but it, it, you can see then kind of the next level of the analysis of why that's so important against a team like this, get them in those situations where they're not as good as play callers and they're not as good as an offensive line. And your guys can tee off a little bit. And that's the other thing that stuck out to me too. I mentioned the holds. I mentioned some of those kind of unforced errors. They've also had some mistakes from the backs in pass protection, right? Like where they're mm. driving the football and the backs miss an assignment, they miss a blitz and it leads to a big sack. And so that's another thing. Like if you can tweak the pressures a little bit, stress those running backs, because I do think Jamin's a good blitzer. I think Force is a good blitzer. I think, Bobby's uh, had a couple of decent ones yeah, this year. Bobby's been good. Jeremy's good at that. Like use that skill set, stress those backs, because while they're excellent runners, you know, Chubb is an excellent runner. I think Kareem's an, a better pass protector. Um, but yeah, like stress them in that way too. Cause like, you know, as much as the five O linemen are, are really well coached and they do what they're supposed to do, and that's gonna be a tough matchup with which I think favors Washington. Like I don't think the back on our good blitzers or even the scheme of the blitz favors yeah. Cleveland at all. I think that favors Washington. So in terms of insulating coverage, that's one way you can get around missing some of these pieces, right? Say, hey, we can maybe get a little bit more pressure here. Let's try that. Let's stress this running back. Because against uh, Baltimore, that happened two two or three times in the game where it's a big sack. They're driving the football. They take a sack. It's second and 14, and then the, the drive's over for them. So right. that's another way to get to it. 